and welcome to the Brain Trust Podcast live in a closet at the Worcester, the, Massachusetts. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. We are in the same place at the same time. My name is Adam Vass, and I am a tabletop game designer from Worcester, Massachusetts. <laughs> I'm William Epps. I'm a game designer in Worcester, Massachusetts. Adam, you just primed a LaCroix right on mic, so let's just hear it. Oh, that's our sponsor today is LaCroix. The most refreshing sound on any show. I have cracked mine before. We're just going to slowly. We're in a cinder block box. It's going to sound bad for sure. There's only so much compression you can do, and we're, we're also within three feet of one another, <laughs> so there's, we each have our own microphone that we're holding in our hands right. we're as this, most professional podcasters. Never done this in person. Yeah. Uh, it's great to see you. This is great. <laughs> there's no lag. No <laughs> lag. We're talking in real time. We don't have to do the cue, the cue card countdown. Oh, my gosh. Well, Adam's on tour right now, and I took the train to Worcester. I played Pokemon the whole way. I caught a new Pokemon. Um, I'm playing Pokemon. Yes, the Sword and Shield. I uh, guess which one I got. What's my personality tell you? Shield. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hard clock. <laughs> That's nearly invasive. Um, this is good. I'm, uh, I'm planning on getting it. I, uh, I've been getting some advertising emails for Black Friday. So, And we have the day off on Thanksgiving because no one goes to shows on Thanksgiving. So I'm planning on going to a GameStop and doing it, like doing the Black Friday ritual. I uh, thought you meant you were going to go to GameStop on Thanksgiving Day. Yes, that's it. that is what I meant. Oh. <laughs> they, I think they open at like 7 p.m. and I'm going to get the Pokemon. <laughs> well, you have to bring something because GameStop will be having a potluck in the oh, Thanksgiving yeah. style. A game thing? Like that's it's called, a trade-in? It's called Gamesgiving. So you have to bring a copy of, you know, Crystal Castles and Cubert. <laughs> I, uh, I wonder uh, if I can just bring them my games and be like, you sell games, right? This is Here. A, I'm stuck. The MSRP on this zine is $40. So I have such, like, big dreams of r- rolling up to a real deal tabletop game store and just being like, um, I'm a cool designer and here's some of my games. I'll sell them to you for a bajillion dollars. <laughs> I actually did that in our Australian tour that was later this summer. Wow. Uh, where, and they had the best, the best RPG collection I've seen in any retail store anywhere. What the fuck? And it was like, just this anomalous place. I think it was, it was either Sydney or Melbourne. It was one of the bigger cities in Australia. What's the, what's the most deep cut that you saw? I got... Uh, the Mothership fanzine that was like a Gen Con exclusive. They had the uh, 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 DG what? Chapman pamphlet adventure for Mothership. Holy crud. Like, crikey. <laughs> they must have just gone to Gen Con, got a bunch of stuff and flown home and put it on the shelf. Shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> uh, we, uh, a little peek behind the curtain. We just played Mothership. I ran uh, yes. Mothership for Adam and Evan. Yes, and it was great. Yeah, uh, it was my first time playing it after hoarding and collecting all of the zines so far. And it was our first game that we played together. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty astonishing. And it I was <laughs> Evan's first game ever, and I didn't know that until after. And I was—I think I did a pretty good job. If I don't, I think you did, but also so did he. He did really good. <laughs> he gave no clue, I, and I knew. Yeah. But once we started playing, I was like, well, maybe he 
meant that he was interested in playing, but he'd tried it a couple times because he just took it and it's, really went with it. It's amazing. It, I mean, like, just take that to know that anyone can play RPGs. Like, I think he had some background with the Adventure Zone and, like, other podcasts, but it's also, like, hell yes. Yeah. You, you can just... It's just like a... Mm. There's no real barrier of entry, yeah. and I think a lot of people who are tepid about trying, or especially... You know, people who were like, "Oh, I want to play D anD D, but I don't want to be the dungeon master or whatever." The which, admittedly, is the most the cumbersome aspect of trying to get into something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he's gonna. I hate the the sound of this room. I hate it. He's gonna <laughs> listen to this because he like, listens to the show. Yeah. We're not just blowing smoke because he's my friend. No, he, it was like a, a really stellar example of. Uh, considerate play, yeah. Especially in an in a OSR oh, yeah. or like puzzly kind of game, yeah. He asked a ton of like great questions that added to the world, and like I don't know. That's why new players are the best players, yeah. Because they don't they, have baggage, yeah. They don't. They didn't have a bad GM when they were eighteen and like are finally coming back, right? It's like you know, you're you're pure. No one hurt you. You're perfect. <laughs> um, but that was great. Anyway, uh, you know, we're together. We're here. Just living it up. Brain oh, we take style. breaks during the show. This will probably be a good break spot. Let's take how, a... How long is it going to be? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, in charge of the garage band this time, so I know the facts, and I'm not... This is behind my Game Master screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fudging rolls. It's time for On a the break. other side of the deal. We're playing a two-player RPG where you do a podcast <laughs> with your friend. <laughs> And we're back on the Brain Trust Podcast. It's me and Adam and we're... Just taking it so chill right now. <laughs> uh, we didn't uh, do a plan for this app. No. We're just t- doing it live. Brain trust yeah. live. Um, so we'll accept any questions on air. My phone number is 301-765-445. And you could just text me, call me. Uh, it's also, if you have Will's zines secretly in most of them. It's in most of them. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you should text me. Um, <laughs> Mom. Uh <laughs> But, um, yeah, I guess, like, update on the project? Yeah. Um, we are in the process of making art and writing the game. It's taking a little bit longer than we wanted to, but, like, have you seen a Kickstarter? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always am judging on the, the timeline that we set up ourselves, yeah. and being behind it feels shitty. And then I look at... Uh, I, I, like, uh, was ready to throw someone under the Me bus. Me too. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I knew. <laughs> well, it's just like, anything about... But it's just the like, thing. That's, like, the nature of creative projects. And also, we have jobs. And also... And this one, in particular, where we didn't have the game to start. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I'm not coming up with excuses. It's just reasons, which is an excuse that I like. <laughs> uh, which is... And, and uh, tour is not helping that. But we do have all these, like, living documents. Yeah. Uh, the playmat art is maybe finished. Yeah, uh, it p- looks beautiful. Pending, pending approval, it's going to print this week. Um, I approve. It's going to print this week, and hell yeah! Uh, I meant I got 
I meant to work on some of the interior illustrations this morning and then got another job last night that's due sooner. Oh, my God. So that's going well, on. I mean, yeah, it's just uh, we are, you know, twerking, <laughs> we're twerking on <laughs> True Play. Uh, that's the name of my Metatopia panel that no one was at. It's called Twerking on True Play, and it's how you make those characters' asses clap. Um, <laughs> so... That does also seem where, we're not hung up, but that is sort of where we left it, where it's like, yeah. how do we quantify the characters that are involved in the game? Right, and um, I have like discrete writing days coming up where I am just spending time, like I'm taking off work to do it. Nice. So. I can also share with you my schedule because I have days off that aren't real. Like we Ooh, did a studio session yeah. thing this week. That So it was a day off that I worked harder than any other day on tour. <laughs> but I also have, because around Thanksgiving, actual time off. And yeah, that's on the last tour, on the spring tour, where I got like all of my layout and artwork done for Wish You Were Here. So I'm counting on using that again for, for guide and yeah. excited about that. Um, so I'm feeling good about it. Uh, we, we, we're not we're like with our own schedule we're behind but it's in a place where i'm not panicking no like it's i work on print projects every day and it's just something that happens like, same and i also think again it sort of exists in our heads and it's just working out mechanics yeah on how you can get someone else to foster the kind of play that exists in our imagination right exactly uh, yeah. and that's what a lot of game design explicitly is um, like you know it, people who have kept up with the project or listened to the show you know it's troop style and we know what that means and you know what that means because we talk about it a lot but like what then goes on a card that exactly. makes up the character that you portray yeah. are there numbers are there you know what 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 details are pertinent for gameplay versus the sort of structure that you understand as a role player already ready to go out of the box do your story yeah and something i'm working with now is how to like create the natural narrative focus that happens on characters through play with like this idea of a rise character and a fall character. So it's like a story is going to have a scumbag and this is just like, how do we find a horrible scumbag and how do we gamify that? And yeah, I'm excited because the back and forth that we've had thus far in docs has really honed the focus yeah. too, because you know, like we had the elevator pitch for however long, but now we really know, the guts moment to it. moment stuff. That, yeah, yeah. Re really like hyper functional uh, skeleton of not even skeleton like post skeleton of the game. We have the muscles, <laughs> and then we're gonna That's, put on some fat. Game design is yeah, it's just like doing onion layers of the human body, and then we'll do wrap it up in some skin, flesh, clothes. That's the art. Jacket mm -hmm. and the box, the box, and then shipping is the jacket. I think. That's our jacket. Is functional. I've lost the metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, it's a good game. Uh, are you working on other gaming projects? Um, let's see. I uh, I something cool happened. Someone reached out and wanted to translate one of my games. That's very cool. Yes. So to what language? Italian. Oh yes. Um, 
And so I, that's just something that like was this week and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have to like read contracts and shit, but, um, I, uh, no, I've been doing a good job of if I'm working on games, it's this. And if I am, uh, catching Pokemon, I'm really dialing in on <laughs> the, the types and the moves. I, I love talking about our game, and I think that's generally the point of the show. Yeah. But I'm deeply back into Pokemon Go. That's a thing that Tour has done for me. Yes. I love it so much. But I'm experiencing... We've talked about it on our show, too, because this is sort of what we want the summoning to be like, yeah. where because I played... The last Pokemon I played on a Game Boy was gold. So Holy there's fuck. hundreds... Of Pokemon that I've never seen before. I'd say there is a thousand Pokemon you haven't and seen. And now I'm getting to catch them and be like, who the hell is this? Who and are then, you? And then like when they evolve, I don't know what they turn into. That surprise and like the joy coming from feeding it that candy and watching the <laughs> animation and being like, what's about to drop? That's what child rearing is. <laughs> uh, it's super exciting. And it's yeah. something that was not necessarily taken from me, but sort of you don't have... It anymore once you've caught all the Pokemon right. once you've been aware and I now that there's so many new ones it's back yeah I feel that even with Pokemon Shield where I've just gotten a point in the game where every Pokemon I see is new and I'm like you're a disaster where did you come <laughs> from <laughs> like I also really like and am interested in playing it because it's British uh, and boy mate and uh, our tour manager and merch guy are both British so there's so much like just constant presence of British culture in my yeah. life that like the one that's a, t a ghost that lives inside of a teacup and yes. it evolves into a teapot. Yes. And I found out yesterday, I don't know if this is a spoiler. I feel like people are touchy about Pokemon spoilers. No, there's no spoilers that some of the porcelain work is counterfeit. Yeah. I don't know if it comes up ever in the story. Oh, like people just flipped over Pokemon and saw that some of them had a certification on the bottom, which is like, and some okay. don't. And yeah. it's something like nine and ten don't, right? Yeah. Like yeah. most of them are counterfeits. Yeah. And then it raises the question of like, is the cup part of the Pokemon or is it just like a shell, like a hermit crab? Uh, and like, is it aware that it's in a counterfeit structure? <laughs> uh, does that, is that like, what? how does that affect its quality of life? Uh, it's called something great too. It's called like... Sinisty. Sinisty, yes. And oh my God, Adam. <laughs> uh, it's it's my new favorite after what the previous gen was vanillish. I just caught a vanillish, which is like vanilla. It is vanillish. There is a Pokemon in the Pokemon series that is really hard to catch all the time. Like the only place where it will it'll be in like one tile in a game, and it's a one percent catch. And it's it evolves into a beautiful snake Pokemon, but it's like an ugly fucking fish. <laughs> And you have to, like, give it beautiful stuff and make it feel beautiful. And then it evolves into this cool, beautiful fish. And I try and catch it in every game. And I just started today on the train uh, on the way here. And I was like, it's going to take me a fucking long time. I don't do this with games except for this thing. I just, like, want to get this guy and make him feel great. And it's sort of the, like, addiction loop of Pokemon. Because you'll catch the fish. And then you'll need to give it the beautiful things. And then along the way, while you're collecting beautiful things, you're going to find some other monstrosity <laughs> that, that you need to level up and evolve. And a, like A true disaster I need to help. Not just the gym badge system, yeah. but like 
you as a like a <laughs> fantasy David Attenborough being like, <laughs> what is this creature? What is its deal? And what does it become? Yeah. I find that like I have just refreshed my team with a bunch of high level Pokemon and I miss all my friends. It's weird. <laughs> the the Pokemon's the, called the Feebass. Little puppies. It's called Feebass. Oh, I know it because uh in Pokemon Go it takes a very long time yeah. to evolve. Yeah. Um and oh, but when it does it's holding up one of the quests that I need to do for Professor Oak or Willow or the guy who gives you missions. Uh I don't have enough candy because I've never seen a Phoebus except for the one I caught. Yeah. That's how hard <laughs> it is to get. Like, I don't know. If I, I'll, I'll, I'll update you. I'll put a special podcast in the feed when I catch it. <laughs> the feed bass. Well, um, you have been working on other games. Yes. Uh, I just finished kind of my work on Seekers Beyond the Shroud. Uh, insofar as I did what I needed to do and I'm happy with it. I did kind of hit some speed bumps uh, with the layout because I'm like just very self-conscious now that I'm doing it for someone else yeah. versus the shortcuts I would take in my own work. Um, but there are a lot of placeholders in that text that will say like, this is on page X. And so once the main, the core book is done, I can go back and fix those. Right. So yes. it's not done, but it's effectively done. You'll know the layout nightmare of finding a C page XX in, in a print book. <laughs> it happens. Uh, and you know, it can be published or it can be perfect. <laughs> uh, speaking of imperfect, I ran Cobwebs for the first time. Nice! And it was oh, very joyous. That's, that's the uh, game where you are a journalist of circumstance uh, uncovering a conspiracy. Yes. Um, I played with my like core group back in Michigan, which was so nice because oh, it just worked nice. that I had a day off. It was the day after my partner flew home. So I like didn't have anything else to do. Like we would have done stuff, but she yeah. wasn't there. So I was like, I don't know what to do. Oh, it's Sunday. We always play games on Sunday. Uh, so it worked out really nice and ended up, it, it's sort of built originally on the back of a game called Lovecraft-esque. Okay, so yeah. everyone is operating under the assumption of what they think the thing is. And as the game goes on and everyone's pulling it in their own direction, you kind of meet this consensus. Mm. But it's never the thing you start with. So everyone ends up impacting the, the truth yeah. in this really shocking way. So oh, cool. by the time we got to the center, we found out that there was this pharmaceutical corporation in the town that we lived in that was running drug trials illicitly Whoa. by having like uh, street dealers like distribute it as if it was a street drug and then testing the subjects. But it was a pill that was meant to uh, enhance cognitive ability, mm. but accidentally enhances it so much that you cease to exist on the earthly plane. <laughs> like you ascend to a higher <laughs> level of consciousness. That's so, so fucking cool. So the character who was missing actually just like went to the next dimension. Right. And the, wow. the, the woman who we played as our investigator, she, her best friend had been missing for four years. And this is finally like a crack in the case. She starts to investigate, gets closer and closer, and it ended early. We didn't hit the... Um, it the, has a count, a big clock. It has a big clock, down. and we didn't yeah. get to 12, but we yeah. also didn't exceed the threshold of danger, which is sort of like, not exactly the fail state, but you don't get to find out the answers. It's like a peaceful existence. And, and we left it on a cliffhanger where our character took the pills. 
And uh, then we're like, we're not going to do the epilogue because we don't want to say. We, we ended up, the, the epilogue system, uh, so this is taken from 10 Candles. At the beginning yeah. of 10 Candles, you're supposed to record almost like a, uh, your current status. And like, if you hear this recording, I'm already dead, like kind of thing. Oh, okay. so, so this Cobwebs has that, and that's how you start, yeah. which is also how you build your setting, your character. Everything is like a shared monologue. Then at the oh, end of the game, that's hip. I like it. That's really nice. Uh, that's slick, Adam. <laughs> the the epilogue is that too, where you assess the amount of information you yeah. learned, whether or not you solved the the missing persons case or not. In ours, our epilogue was a person who worked for the pharmaceutical company a few months after the main character of of our regular story mm -hmm. had had taken the pills and we didn't mention if they were missing or what oh, happened to them. Cool. And we're just like, I work for this pharmaceutical company. There's all this paperwork I wasn't supposed to see, but I saw it and now I need to like, <laughs> and so it was almost like a setup for a sequel game where we could play immediately another game yeah. with a new investigator. And that yeah. was so cool. And I really liked the sort of domino idea. Like yeah. it's not a campaign game, but it can be. And you could just constantly be digging deeper into right. the same yeah. shit. At, like Limetown does. Yes. Like a new investigator comes out and yeah. is building. You, you as the listener, and it seems as a player, have this like institutional knowledge. And then you're just bringing new eyes and a new frame on it. Oh, the Adam. That's like a really good play test. I was really pleased with it. And yeah. I, was, I was mentioning to you earlier, there's some work on quantifying what a character is and what a lead is. Right. Um, and I'm gonna rewrite that section. And beyond that, I'm like very content. Uh, nice. And last night I was in New Jersey and I saw my friend Sally, who's doing the artwork for it. Oh, cool. Uh, and we got to brainstorm a little bit about working some like secrets into the book itself. Because having some Where like, can meta people mysteries. find Sally's work? Uh, sh sh her handle is This Quiet City on cool. Twitter and also on Instagram, I'm pretty sure. Um, she also did the artwork for my game Minim uh, Protest Singer that oh, came out last yeah. year. Oh, uh, yeah. And I know I've sold more copies of that on the merit of her artwork it's than beautiful. on the game design. Yeah. It's uh, got this really awesome orange and black cover. So I'm really cool. excited to work with her again. Yeah. She also did a design that we have for sale on this on this tour. Oh, awesome. Is the best-selling one. She's just like, she just hits home runs. Yeah, that's <laughs> so cool. Well, you're, you're going to be all over the place. Yeah, I'm... Uh, we should probably wrap up because Empath, the opening band, is about to start. Oh, yeah. And we're going to hear it. Listen to Empath. Anyway, uh, uh, it's so great to see you in real life. Likewise. This, believe it or not, is the second time we've ever seen each other <laughs> in a human form. <laughs> uh, that's wild. Because yeah. we FaceTime and stuff. All and the I didn't time. consider the fact that, yeah, we've met once in person. Still feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Still friends after all of this time. Yeah. <laughs> we we played Mothership together. It was great. A bunch of androids. Uh, it was it was rad. But um, I guess for the brain trust, I've been Will Yopst. Where can we find you online, Will? <laughs> oh, you can find me online at will.com. Classic. It's got uh, an RSS feed where you can get Will updates all the time. If you've got a Will device, you can just plug it in and you've been on your feed. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, and I've been Adam. You can talk to me on Twitter at WC Game Co. Oh, I should mention real quick that I'm doing a game jam that starts on Monday, which Whoa. is maybe the day before this will go up. Uh, for my game Popcorn, my movie emulating game, I want people to make playsets, and I also want people to like hack it and break it. And Popcorn do is stuff. really cool. Um, yeah, I'll be retweeting that too. So, so. Popcorn Jam begins November 25. Wow, I'm gonna do a game for that. Shit. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Well, uh, uh, yep. 
brain emoji, handshake, handshake emoji. emoji. Can we do a handshake? Oh, oh. real life handshake. Oh, no. oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, bye. This is your podcast update. I did catch Feebass on the way back from Worcester. Just God fucking bless Wormtown, everybody. All right, good night.